check, check. David T. Miller, folks. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's hotcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Hello. I um, actually typed this out, so I'm going to read it. This is something a little different for Outcast, given the current circumstances we find ourselves in. In the spirit of artists helping each other out, welcome to No Place Like Home, bringing poets together so we all won't feel apart. Recorded over the last week, we have, between part one and part two, six poets sharing their own work and that of poets they enjoy and coming direct from their individual places of residence as a practice of social distancing this is truly a rich and varied mix of styles and themes i hope you enjoy these in this segment part one you'll hear nick leblanc of domesticated primate read a dynamic short piece of his artist and poet susan carr reading about a dream and another piece about painting, as well as the often double-titled poems of K.R. Seward. Stay tuned and thank you. Nicola Blank, welcome back. Thank you very much, Phil. What are you going to be reading for us today? I'm reading a piece called The Last Desperate Gasp of Our Final Rebel from a uh, collection of short pieces I wrote called Ouroboros. Cool. Thank you. The Last Desperate Gasp of Our Final Rebel. Sweating men resting their elbows on glossy wooden tables. Smoke from cigarettes choked between their tobacco-stained fingertips fills the room, pooling at the ceiling. Like storm clouds swirling around a two-bulb lamp flickering a sickly faded yellow. Don't trust the food they're feeding you, or you'll end up in Abram's womb. A woman with a fever. A man's face resting on her breast as he confesses his sins. Silvered forks lying on a table. Napkins folded to a point rest between antique ceramic plates with gilded rims. Pewter cups full of red wine. Tall brick buildings with musty libraries capture the summer's heat and bathe the city streets with humidity. Cloaked merchants line the sidewalks and sell rotting fruit to disfigured plebs. 
A street performer sings boys and girls together while two men shade themselves under a dilapidated cardboard box and await the rain. Believe me, if you please, that I can do the strangest things. A child cries, his brain it bleeds, but I can do the strangest things. Oh, Marie, the ice cream, the peach, we'll have some more, if you please. Feed the guests, their plates are clean, and don't forget the clotted cream. A cup of tea, some more Chablis. Will you get us more, my sweet Marie? Will you make us more, my sweet Marie? Will you please, oh please, my sweet Marie? His voice, an elegy. For those lost, I miss them too. They were more proof of God than anything I have ever previously encountered. Their mere presence lifted the soul, functioned to remind us of life's inherent value, a fact all too frequently hidden from us by the suffocating truths of societal expectation and the burden to continue to see it through. They were innocence, lost in the ebbing and flowing of the tides of existence. I am compelled to say, enough, a voice bellowed from the crowd. Enough. Sick sick they're all sick they're all sick here all of them every last one of them it's the heat you can't escape it we're all so hot so tired and so sick so very very sick signs read don't drink the water don't drink the water don't drink the water they were fermenting the juice from fruit it's cleaner that way they were collecting the drippings from meat roasting over a spit of burning garbage for later they were losing. Uptown, the burnt-out carcass of a multi-family apartment complex on the outskirts of the city. Mounds of ash still smoking. Steel-toed boots with thick rubberized soles dig into the crumbling debris with a sickening crunch. A body lying near the remnants of a brick-lined fireplace. Crusted and blackened skin. Lumps of cooked yellowish fat drop off bone like a marshmallow sliding off the tip of a stick blackened from the heat of a raging campfire. The worst that can happen has already happened. I want to be like you. Blood and phlegm and dirt and fire. I want to be like you. Black and red and white and green. I want to be like you. Patched up holes and pleated jeans. I want to be like you. 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 Afternoon, dust blows across riverbeds, bled dry. Plastic bags full of holes sticking out of cracks in the caked dirt like tombstones melting in the heat of the red sun's furious glare. It had rained later that morning. What's left, I ask you, what's left? Decades ago, in this same place, stubble-bearded travelers, their guns with barrels like railroad tunnels, their shoulders draped with the patterns of the natives, the first followers of Abram, whispering in the slithering tongues of their tonal language, creeping around dusty hills and hiding in underground facilities carved out of sandstone and rock. What was said then of the travelers? Centuries earlier, forced out of burning cities, pushed out by techno-advancement in the great battle for resources. What was said of their devotion, their unshakable faith in the premonitory words of their ancestors? Tales woven in cloth, wrapped around the arms of a reverend mother, rocking a child in her wrinkled, sunburnt arms. Now just bedtime stories, and hush-hush passed amongst the occultists who've grown old, fat, and stupid, sitting with their toes dipped into a stagnant pool of murky water, the last remnants of the morning's acidic rain. When the hordes cut out our tongues and eat them bloody and wiggling, when the youngest are blinded, when the books are burned, when we drown all salt and acid, when we're boiled alive, when we're eviscerated, skin splayed on stone, 
scalps worn like shoulder pads and faces turned to masks. Fear and violence and fear and violence and fear and quiet. It's over. The last desperate gasp of our final rebel. What follows is silence, safe and agreeable. That's great. Thanks for the different voices there. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. If you have any sort of tricks uh, dealing with what we're all dealing with right now. Um, I think it's important to get outside. For yeah. the, past, the past two days, I've gone on, you know, a couple hikes and walks, maybe, you know, four miles, five miles each. Yeah. And um, it just feels really good to be able to be outside and not get too cloistered up indoors and get too paranoid and get too worried. Right. Um, spent a lot of time with my wife, which is nice, you know, cooking some food at home, reading some books, doing some writing, just trying to take advantage of the time that we usually don't have. That's my best advice. Yeah. Thank you. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about shaving my beard off. I'd probably a little late with that, but <laughs> yeah, I, I did actually. Yeah. I, um, it's been like nine years or something like that since I last shaved my face and Wow. I just did this time just to, you know, just why not, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think um, when when I go through whatever it is that I go through in my life, like I'll have sort of a moving experience or something that ended or is beginning, I'll often mm -hmm. cut my hair way down, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I wife, usually don't touch the beard very often, but... Um, my wife says the same thing. She says, like, change your hair, change your life. Yeah. advice for people that use that are teachers that aren't necessarily teaching right now? Um, it's tough because I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what my district expects of me to do. Yeah. Um, but as far as actually the act of being a teacher and then not having, you know, your classroom or your students, I think, I think with teachers, especially we get very used to, um, speaking with people all day long. You know, yeah. and, and having having a lot of social interaction. And, and I know for me, not having that social interaction on a daily basis can drive me. It can it makes me feel a little anxious or feel a little a little strange. So I, I try to have some type of that, you know, some type of interpersonal communication one way or another. Um, I suffer from the same problem usually when summer rolls around and we're not yeah. in our classroom all day. But especially at a time like this when anxiety is so high on a cultural level i think um i think it's important to make sure to make sure we keep talking to people and doing things like you're doing right now you know yeah it's i need this you know yeah totally you know? yeah so i'm glad i i have a project so some of the other podcasts are being pushed because art shows are being pushed you know so i try to keep it yeah. close to that um, totally and so this is nice and i find with when i have a lot of my mind writing and poetry is is like the only thing I can do. Like yeah, I, it's, it's, you got to loosen the valve, you know. Yeah, it's hard to paint for me when when I have, you know, a little stuck. Mm. So that makes sense. Yeah. How do you usually get through? Is there is there such a thing as like painter's block? Yeah, it's. Uh, I ask. I ask it often in the interviews, and I think there is. I like anything. I just usually kind of lump it in with creative block whether it's writing or or uh, painting. But I think some people believe you just get to it. 
you know, no matter how hard it is, but mm-hmm. I don't really like to force it. And I guess that's maybe why I, I try to write as well. Cause mm-hmm. I have two modes, you know, and right. there's not much in between, but it's either painting or writing and the yeah. writing is tends to be something, you know, about something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm kind of dealing with somewhat representation now in painting, but, uh, mm-hmm. but the, the writing is, I, I think a little e- uh, like easier to approach from someone who might read it, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it, yeah, well, I think it's something that we, it might come to people easier than painting. I'm not sure. I mean, that's, I guess it depends on your view on it, but anyone's view really, mm. you know? Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard different ways to get through of writer's block. You know, I think we talked about it before, but just one way is to just start putting words down on paper you know, yeah. literally like whatever's, whatever's in your mind, like, oh, my tablecloth has this pattern on it and I'm yeah. wearing these shoes, you know, just saying those things and then it, it eventually sort of fall back into it. So I didn't know if there was a similar sort of practice with painting where it's like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to draw a face, you know, and then. I think it can, uh, I think you're right. Uh, it, it triggered now. I think it's a lot of times artists and painters will just say, make a mark and then you have something to respond to because it's the idea of probably the same with writing the, the blank page versus the blank canvas. It's pretty mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. If you don't have something to respond to, then, you know, it's hard to, harder to get there. Exactly. Um, cause editing or mm. just paint it over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not working. Self-editing can be a real nightmare. Yeah. Like, like, like it, within the process, like during or, Oh yeah, you know, just you can, you can prevent yourself from putting anything on paper. You know, you can, you can, and I'm sure it's the same thing. Like it's the same way with music. If I was putting something together, it's possible to edit yourself into a loss. You know, like yeah, let's say, let's say you're trying to average of five hundred or a thousand words a day or something, and it's possible to come out with a negative if you you know start self editing. Yeah, you crazy. can't squash it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't have to show anybody, really. Right. I think right. I find I feel a lot of pressure to, especially since I picked up Instagram, which was like three years ago, which is a little late, but mm-hmm. uh, but I've had it for a while now. And, you know, that and Facebook, it's like if I'm working on something, it, it like I feel this pressure and I probably put it on myself to post and say, hey, this is I'm working. This is what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't disappear or whatever, you know. Yeah, I have people who I'll give what I'm writing too so they read it and it makes me it helps just to have people react to it my wife my poor wife you know she gets subjected to that constantly yeah and um you know i have a couple other close friends but i feel like you sort of have to do that in a way whether it's posting on social media or whether it's giving to a trusted friend um you know you just kind of have to do that because if not you can it can just like fester inside of you (laughs) yeah no you got to release it and there's different ways to do it i suppose a couple of different levels. Mm-hmm. But in times like this, when the world's going crazy, it's important to not allow that stuff to, you know, take over. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nick, for reading that. Of course. You can find that collection, Ouroboros, as well as other collections that I've written and other authors have written at uh, domesticatedprimate.com. Uh, all of our stuff's up for sale. Um, I can ship it out, and right now I'll do local deliveries with anybody who feels comfortable doing that as yeah, New well. New Bedford area? or Yeah, New Bedford, greater New Bedford area, New Bedford, Dartmouth, or Cushnet. 
um, you know, somewhere that's a reasonable drive. Right. And if people are curious about that, they can message me online on one of my uh, one of our social media uh, sites, primarily right. on Instagram for Domesticated Primate, and uh, our uh, our username is at Dom Prime Pub. So D O M P R I M P U B. All right, my friend. Next up, Susan Carr reads and shares. I'm waiting for the sun to come out. Me too. We'll get used to it. We're going to get used to seeing each other online and talking on the phone. Right. I'm just glad the technology is available. I know. We're very lucky, aren't we? Yeah. I'm very lucky. So this is very exciting. You're putting together a poetry reading, are you? Yep. It's um I'm not sure the number of poets I have or readers so far, but I've recorded three already. And I got one tomorrow and then it's possibly might be might be a total of eight. That's very, very cool. Yeah. So so, so thank you. It's yeah. It's, it's a way to get closer. It's a way to build a community. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fun. Expect- and um, I'm glad I just, like, this seems to be a special thing for me because it's you know, being the time that we're in right now and what, what we're all going through. And it's in addition to what's already going on, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, musical performances that are being live streamed and, you know, artists helping artists with, you know, sharing work and so, which I'm sure you know, because you've probably seen online, Instagram yep. and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I have. Yep. Yeah. I, I think this is special because it's words and it's poetry and it's different. And I really, I really like it. I think it's very, very cool. Um, I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to hear the, is it going to be a, po- a special podcast? Is it something new that you'll be doing? Well, if it if I can handle it, I'm go- I'd like to do it at least one more time. We'll see. Um, I'm having a hard time painting right now, to be honest. I'm very distracted, and I think, like yeah. you had mentioned, words are different. And for me, you know, like they're they're a little more approachable, or you know, having someone read to you th- those kinds of things. It's a uh, it's a different presentation, and not so like I guess solitary as maybe painting can be. You know what they, I, you know, I think it is, they're more musical. Yeah. And, and I think, um, music is, is really gets people together. And I think, um, poetry is very musical. It's a way to make music by talking, like speaking and, you know, and putting out your ideas and whatnot. And, um, I always wanted to. I, I always wanted to play violin. Oh, yeah. I, I never was. Yeah, I, I wanted to play violin. <laughs> really <laughs> did, but I was never able to do it. So, yeah. um, so I I think that's one reason why I went. I, I I got into writing was because it was a way to um, string string sounds together. Yeah. No, you know, a... not only just put a put put an idea out there but you're also stringing sounds together and um yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah you're orchestrating really the delivery and 
Yeah, you are. I, I never thought about orchestrating, but it, that's true. That's true. That I, I like that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, um, it's something. It's not, I feel like I'm kind of a <laughs> late latecomer to poetry. And even though I've been writing for a number of years, but I don't know, it was around, I think it might have been 2000, well, I guess maybe 10 years now, but I never really wrote before. It's nice to dedicate your time to something that you enjoy that might not be where you're pushing your career or something, you know. Right. It's it, Yeah, it's like the side thing that you do that you don't really, um, you don't put a lot of weight on it and yeah. you're able to uh, enjoy it and and just do it for yourself. That's why I, that's why I, I, I write. So I, it, it's a way for me to be able to, you know, kind of get my ideas together and, you know, kind of figure stuff out, you know. The poems that I have for you today, one was a dream that I had 15 years ago that I've kind of like been fashioning it, like, like forming it yeah. for these whole 15 years. Right. These whole 15 years, it's been an ongoing situation with this dream. And um, I finally finished it right before um, all this mayhem broke out. Okay. Um, and then um, I was asked what I was most grateful for once. Um, and that was, that was my life in paint. I, you know, and I've used it for my statement because I can't think of anything else I'd, I can, anything else I can say about, about my, about my work. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think that covers, covers it, you know, right. is that poem. And if, if people don't take me seriously or, or, or whatever. They don't want, want a poem. That's, that's their bag. You know, that's, that is my statement. That's, I stand on that poem. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Though. It's really got your that's spirit it. in there. That's it. I can't say any more about who I am, why that, why I do art, you know, yeah. it just kind of is, everything is right there. So that's the whole, that, that's what these, these pieces are about. So you're going to read which one first? I will read um, my statement, I guess. I'll read okay. that first. My Life in Paint by Susan Carr. Painting is the moon and I'm starting to howl. Painting floating inside my teacup, six in the morning. Ohm. Painting in dusky fin fingered roses, the sea laps my ankle. Painting on the chalkboard, painting on the test, painting, no cheating. Paint me another round and make it ultramarine this time, baby. Painting on the ninth, but bases are loaded and I'm up to paint. Painting, fleshy pink, knobby knees, up to the nose, nipple coral red round the top. Painting faster and faster, running out of paint. Paint flickers deep on cave wall, images of paint and four legs and two. And the wind cries paint. Just one more paint, just one more paint, just one more paint, just one more. If I only had a little bit more paint. In the forests of paint, chop wood, carry water. Tricky, inclusive, ironic, clumsy, chewy, frenzied, subversive, highbrow, lowbrow, 
such a brood of talky talk talk. Painting's on the menu. Painting next time will be the best time because this painting's almost the one, but not quite, not quite. Painting dressed in black without a sound, snatching the jewels under the cover of night. I'm not old and I'm not young. I'm merely a painter. Painting between two pieces of bread instead of a glass of milk. Watching painting is a very good show. Sleeping now will cover myself up in old paintings to keep warm. Hey, how come you so poor? Painting stole me away. The dream of more paint, it started like this. Nice. Okay, and then we'll... The sea poem. The sea brooding like a restless thief, bemoaning fate, stealing what it can, then letting go. Waves, oily and dark, pitch over and over like thousands of knives, piercing snow. Whole valleys lost to ponds that have become lakes and lakes turning into lagoons. The dew now blue surf here in this water. Swimmers swim in great numbers, and the only sound that can be heard is whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. The confused appendages of arms and legs thudding and cutting through water. Mouths turning to spit, like one large organism submerged into the depths only to occasionally come up for air. To breathe becomes labored grunts and sighs. It is the sound of lovemaking to the vastness that is everywhere. Some fall away under the waves, their bony fingers barely visible, hands panicking, reaching, rapturous, a thrill, trying to hold on to a leg or, or an arm. Torpor finally settling in, letting go now to embrace the swell. Other swimmers swim on through cold nights black as slate and strange daylights dressed in orange and brown. Swimming is what is required now. Elbows and feet, hair and nails, all grown long, skin weathered and puckered, forming tiny luminescent scales. Instinctually, the swimmers move forward for for perhaps one year or 2,000. Time is unknown and unknowable. Slowly, a lost sun gives birth to a strange dawn, tentatively rising over the sea. The glint of gold, then wild light fanning out everywhere. Over the ocean, this golden color blinds, glowing far off in leaves of trees that dip and bend very far off on a tiny island of electric green with a carpet of soft, pliant grass. Tiny flecks of gold pollen on the water, gold in the air. The swimmer stops swimming and let out a collective, realizing their destination now, individual once more. Some have already reached the shore, drawing in the sand their name. It was a poem that got bigger over time. I knew, I had a dream about, people swimming in forever in the water. Some people would, would fall under the waves and, but they would swim and people would swim and swim and then gold. And then this, this beautiful little Island. And, and you could see people already on the little Island. It was a very, it was a very um, wonderful dream. I, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm I'm a lucid dreamer. Sometimes yeah. I have some amazing dreams, and I I have um, dream journals that I keep. So mm-hmm. that was one that I 
that I've worked with, I thought I have to write this down. And I started, you know, writing it into a poem and fashioning it. And then just recently I, I thought I have to finish it. I have to finish it the way I think it should be. And it kind of picked up into a, a climate change type of poem, a okay. change of how, how the earth is, you know, how, how all of us are. A, a very a very big change had come over all of us like you know what happened before isn't it will never be again they they say um, my writing teacher always would ask how is this night um, different than all nights before than all nights before that ever came before how is this night different and um so I had to answer that question in in the poem. I had to find out why was this night different than all that came before it? Why was the night that they're swimming and all those years, why was this that different, you know? Yeah. I it's hard to explain it, but yeah. I wondered about it myself when I had the dream. I thought, wow, these are this is a very amazing imagery that I just dreamt. Yeah. Why were where were these people swimming to? What happened? And so I, you know, I worked with it for a long time and I and I only could write about the gold that that kept fanning out and it caused me to remember when I was very young, a teenager, and I'd be standing with my friends and like at around 4:30 the the light became very different and it was and it turned like gold on you know you could see a golden glow yeah. and i thought about that and um so it, it it went into all kinds of different things um but i think now um i i needed to change it into why were these swimmers swim? What happened? Why were they in the water? What 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 made them? You know, we came from water. We we walked out of the sea basically, became apes. So what what made us go back into the sea? Why were yeah. we swimming? Why was it a reset? Was another evolution. You know, evolution for us. Yeah. This is another evolution. What? Why? Why? What's going on? I can't answer that. All I can answer is that you know. Something had transpired. The, the the ocean, you know, as I write in the beginning, everything, you know, the ocean started to grab land, and 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 people had no no choice but to start swimming, and they didn't have anywhere to go, you yeah. know. And and so for me, it it I thought of um, global warming and 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 what's going on on Cape Cod, you know, and, and losing so much of the, uh, of the beach and, you know, seeing the, you know, as I look at the ocean every day, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I just, um, I think it's all in inside of us and we have to find a way to, to pry it open and, and talk about it. And this was my way to talk about how, uh, how very, um, uh, horrible I feel about, you know, the global warming, um, you know, how, how I feel kind of, I, I, I don't feel like I can, 
like, what can I do? What can, you know, I can do a lot of things, but will it end up? How, how will I end up? How will, how will anything end up? How will my grandchildren end up? How are their grandchildren going to end up? You know, so it goes into all of that went into that poem. All of that thought went into that poem. And I tried to make it simple enough. So, I mean, it, anybody could think about, could use, I, I, th- I want anybody to think anything about that poem. That doesn't have to be for another person about global warming. That doesn't have to be about yeah, that. Yeah. It, it, it can be about anything for them. It could be, it, it's basically, you know, staying above water right now to like keeping our heads above water and and that's an old adage that means but you know let's try to keep let's let's try to keep it cool man you know i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know bill i mean it's a good it's a good time to try to keep cool yeah let's let's try to uh keep it together you know you know and you know life will go on Life will go on. Life goes on. Life, there, there are cycles. It's about the cycle of life. Life will go on. You know, <laughs> the, nature is bigger than we are. <laughs> we're only human. We're not the center. We, no, we with our iPhones <laughs> and <laughs> and all of our computers and all of our gear. It's just, it's just, it's laughable sometimes. Because we are, you know, it's, could I spend, like, go out and spend five days outside? You know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think about this stuff sometimes. And, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have a place to live. And, you know, I I have a lot of thoughts. So, you know, a lot of it went in there. So. It's nice to to see the. To feel the subject matter, I mean, there's definitely a color there. It's like a gathering of some kind on the beach, or it doesn't necessarily have to be the beach, but like it seems like a collective like celebration, like after something that happened that may or may not have been pleasant. Right. Yes. I mean, it's a it's a new beginning because there, after every ending, there's a new beginning. Always. Right. There's. I mean, we. I hate change. I'm horrible with change. I hate yeah. it, but I have to learn to embrace it um, because there's the it's the only thing that's inevitable. It's change. It's going to happen. I have my little schedule, and I like to stick to it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's not you know nature's going to walk in and it's going to screw me all up. It's going to say, no, it's not going to happen like that anymore. I'm going to have to, you know, roll with the punches, as my stepdad would say. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear this. I can't wait to hear everybody's poetry. I just can't wait. It's fun. It's definitely cool to connect. And got some people I haven't spoken with before, so that's cool, too. And some returning. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Did well, you that's um, cool. did you want to share with us one one thing you're doing to cope recently? Which what what 
Excuse me. To what? How how are you keeping some sanity in your life? Like with with what's going on? Like is there one oh, thing? Oh, uh, one thing. Well, I did paint today. Yeah. And painting seems to really do the job. Yeah. And I will, I'm running out of paint, and I don't have my ceramic studio, which which was like horrifying for me. Yeah. So I'm I've got um, air dry clay. I yeah. did some paper mache. I'm I'm willing to try other things. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Anything, like any any kind of art, any kind of exploration. If it's outside. I'm, it's okay. Anything, I'm willing to try it. And I think willing to try almost anything, any kind of art, is a great place. I'm at a, I'm at a great place because when you get hungry like that, good things come out of it. Yeah. So I have to keep saying to myself, you're at a good place right now. You're, you're hungry and you, and you, and you want to make something good. So keep, keep that hunger going because something good will come out of it you don't know when it will happen you don't know what will will transpire but something will at some point don't don't yeah i can't i can't you know i have to stick get out of the moment and i have to like these momentary feelings of fear and i've got to you know put my trust in you know uh just the art itself because yeah. art has never ever uh, failed me. Art I has agree. never failed me. So, so I, right, ha, that's right. You know, it saves you. So, just know that it's gonna save you again. You don't know how. You don't know where it's where it's gonna come from, but it it will be there. And it's just an act of, um, you know, just, you know, I just have to trust. And trusting is really hard for me. The act of trust is hard for me to do because I usually just trust myself. I usually think that I, I have all the power, like it's all me and I can do it and don't, you know, I'll get it done. But when it's, you know, when it's out of my hands and I have to just trust, it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> that's when it's that's when it's time to to crack some jokes, uh, yes. watch some TV. <laughs> <laughs> and laughter, we can't leave laughter behind either. No way, no, no. You gotta you gotta laugh, even if it's even if it's gallows humor. Even better if it's gallows humor. Just <laughs> laugh it. You just gotta laugh about it. Because it's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. That's a great, great outlook. Yeah, got to You got to keep some kind of outlook. I have a granddaughter who called me yesterday, and just really laid it on thick how much she loves me. So Aww. I better. Well, I have to like keep it to, at least for her. She's she's like, I love her so much. So I got to keep keep going for this kid. Yeah. Because she's a wonderful child, and um, I got to get back to the playground at some point with this with with Gracie. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, Phil. Oh, you're welcome, Susan. Thanks for coming back on and doing something a little different. Next up, 
Kevin Seward, introduces himself, reads, and shares. Well, um, hi, I'm Kevin. And well, the person that I am is Kevin Seward. Whatever. Um, I tend to my sort of like tag name or or name uh, pen name is K R Seward. It's just K and just R Seward. There's no dots. It's so whatever. Um, and it's you know caps where you would put the caps or something like that. Um, like for these people who need to know these things. Uh, yeah. Not many of you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm reading from just west of the Taunton River. I think that sounds cooler than tell, saying town because everybody would know where the town is anyway. Just west of the Taunton River, kind of like just over the water from like um, from like Fall River, basically. Okay. People know where Fall River is. People know where the Brogger Bridge is. Well, I can kind of see that from you, sort of. Okay. Uh, if I bother, if I crane my neck and just go out in the street, I can see it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anything else? So I, I, you go ahead and ask questions, and I'll re- respond or something like a train. I'm uh, just animal. wondering what you're going to read for us today. Oh, okay, sure. Well, this one poem I I wrote this morning, but I've edited it a bunch of times, so it might actually be good. And the good thing about reading new things is Whether they're good or not, you still have a certain amount of enthusiasm about reading them. So uh, this is the the sort of subtitle for this. I'll give the subtitle before I give the title. It's a slide benediction. Um, And uh, the the title is like the first line of the poem, but we'll say it again. Have I told you that I lie? And I think this is most relevant to what's going on recently because I wrote it recently, like like today. Um, Anyway. Have I told you that I lie? Sure, all the time. Figures out lies while I brush my teeth, wash my hands, lots of stuff to do while thinking how to lie to you. No worries, though. Not looking to get one over, just skew and confuse things enough to make you review those things, those many ways home, and sundry home ways, well, hey, homes themselves, to take the grand tour, not that orphan chunk of Pomo Mojo offered up this this days, these days, a bird without song, a Trans Am without carburetor. Need I go on, how can I? Without a four barreled mixture of fuel and air without song, no weight, great or small, can move. Folks forget how such an ambiguity stew cannot pick and choose. Everything goes in. The possums in the trees, which are giants to the Aztecs, are funny to us. Such funny, such simple things can get drove down in the street at night. Gerald Stern bows to their little dancing feet. So like mom and dad told, lies like mom and dad told, from Winnie the Pooh and Brothers Grimm, yeah, those lies, these lies, I offer you, and the best lies, the very best, ahead. Okay, and that's the end of that poem. Thank you. Oh, sure, thanks. I mean, thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, and that's new, but I mean, that's not to say it's the greatest, best, or not greatest, best. It's just newest. Um, and it mentions hands being washed, which I don't know, neither here nor there. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So um, I can read other stuff too. Okay. Other things. Like uh, of yours or? 
Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would, I would do fine reading other people's stuff, except I have nothing on tap. And if I'm going to murder something, I may as well be my own stuff. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll kill this. Uh, um, this is uh, another recentish one. It's short, very short. It's called Flowers Have. Flowers have no mirrors. Narcissus by the water notwithstanding. Flowers bloom all over for no one view, but all the others of their kind. Whatever intercessors intercede on wing and wind to take all messages and send and bring whatever thing was missing and needed and wanted and wanting to be shared. And that's the end of that poem. I can read more. I can read not so much more. If you have one more, that'd be great. One more? Okay. I'll go with this one. All right. This one's called Wear and Tear. It will end in tears, rhyming with whatever bears the weight of breathing air. So many verbs, so little time. Have a care. Know what you share. All this wonder and scars, too. Whatever scares you will scare me too, even as we quit being anything more than one and one, not two. Nothing spares and out of dares the sticker shock from theirs. They're good, maybe, or not so bad. Sales over and everything's retail now. Hang dry, draping airs out the vapors and that only cling no longer a thing, no unit, no entity, no moisture, no us. That's great. Thank and you. I can read one more if you want one more, but I can we can leave it at that. You can read one okay. more if you want one that you'd like to share. Yeah, this is cool. So this one has got two titles. This one is called The Slight Oxygenation or Save the Day. Can't call it crazy anymore, insofar as any one of us is able to sing. Imagine a call-in show. Ask a xenobiologist. My beloved's from near and far, a far-off star. I breathe exhaust from me and my car. What can I do to retrofit my garage? Indeed, what dream will let us swim with the lively dead and water's clear and deep and without dread. So we might ask over and again, so we might wonder while weighing in, while yawning, while breathing those gases, grasses and trees have no use for. Okay, well that's enough poetry for now. That ought to, that ought to create just enough like confusion that people's minds will go someplace and do something that maybe they wouldn't have done, gone or done otherwise. Yeah. Uh, what can only what can only hope. <laughs> That's the point of it all. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. Um sure. D. W. Griffith said something like that. It's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Um, so what's up? Well, I was just wondering to close if you have one one thing at the top of the list you do to cope with what's going on right now that we're all going through. Uh I'll be honest. I'm like a world class introvert, so kind of a hermit. So this is kind of this is kind of like this is what I've been doing, kind of standing on my head since I was a kid. 
uh, this whole sequestered thing, the whole sort of not socializing a lot thing. People are cool. People, it's nice to see people, but I always kind of keep a respectful distance from people just just to do so. Uh, now I'm doing it to you know just to be more microbial. And like I take I, the things I do, like I'll take a walk out to the park or something, which is something yeah. I always do anyway. I think getting outside is good. Nobody's there's no you know the light side's pretty big. I think you can go out there and not be within six feet of somebody. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. So yeah, the, nature nature is our friend, <laughs> sort of basically. Yeah, we need to be nature's friend in return. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. There, there's the ticket. This has been No Place Like Home. Thank you for listening, and hopefully this brought some different and interesting things to mind. Thanks to Nick LeBlanc, Susan Carr, and K.R. Seward for reading and sharing. Please check out the blog post at oddcast.com, that's A-H-T-C-A-S-T, for a few links and for part two coming soon. Stay safe and healthy, and thanks again.